You know, we talk about it all the time about, you know, every game takes on a personality of its own. Uh, I think one thing, you know, we should all know, and whether it was before me or even last year, this game can go in a lot of directions early and that can have a tendency to, to swing its way back in another direction. So I just don't think you can worry about what has happened. It's about what are you going to do on the next play. And I think the next play mentality is going to be really big Saturday. There's Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Travis, he's sure saying everything that he should be saying uh, up at the podium as a seven-point favorite, not knowing if he's going to have to face a backup quarterback for OU or not. He is, uh, at least in the press conference setting, really leading into uh, you, you cannot roll into this game thinking it's going to be an easy win because time and time again it's proven that the team that walks in there arrogant gets humbled pretty quickly in this game. So it, Sark's at least saying the right things. Heading into this thing, but not that, yeah, that matters. I mean, you've got to say the right things, especially in the uh, in the 2022 meme ready world, right? I mean, you you're you're very quickly made a soundbite uh, if you say anything either out of line or something that can come back to bite you. You know, the best best thing you can do is is say the right things, respect the opponent, and then pray to God you win the game. Yeah. Um, he mentioned last year's game, and this is probably an impossible question to answer, but text line helped Travis out on this one. If OU were to win on Saturday, is that a scenario? And, and, and not only do they win, they win it with a backup quarterback, Davis Bevel, Nick, Ever, or Nick Evers, Jaron Cannick, whoever you want to put in this situation at backup quarterback, I don't care. Is this the only thing that could top last year's game inside the Cotton Bowl? Is if OU wins when not a whole lot of people think that they're going to and they do it with the backup quarterback? Yeah, well, Tyler, it's kind of if we were to separate uh, kind of the game a little bit last year, right? Because it would it be that much different than a backup quarterback coming in and bringing you know, the Sooners back to a win? Um, you know, at least this time, the game is starting 0-0, you know, and, and the backup isn't starting at such a deficit like Caleb Williams started last year and has a lot more time to make up that deficit. So um, I, I, I honestly think that I, unless we have to go down to, like, the fourth string, like, unless there's injury upon injury and we still, you know, you know, able to squeeze one out I do think uh, I do think last year's will be harder yeah. to top simply from a deficit standpoint I, uh, I I tend to agree with that just because you don't even know what it would look like if you were to win this game like, it, it would be awesome and the crowd would be in it and, and you, you might even say drama. you had yeah. all the drama the big run the the big special teams play the Kennedy Brooks walk-off I mean the Marvin Mims you know 50-50 ball barely got the foot in as he falls in I mean it was it was absolutely Hollywood last year. It was it, the craziest uh, game, best game, whatever word you want to use. It was the best of that last year. Hollywood that I've ever would seen. have Hollywood would have handed that script back to the you know to the director and said, "Sorry, this is too cliche. You need to write something a little more believable." Uh, someone's texting us the local Austin Longhorns radio text line. Is that is that the Horns text line? Five one two three three seven thirty seven seventy six. Do with it what you wish. 
but I'm sure they would love several boomers. Jeez, uh, now we're getting really petty. Uh, now it I feels like, it. like OU. T- okay, yeah, finally. five Here o'clock we go. Wednesday. It's finally OU Texas week. You guys are starting to try and troll a little bit. This is the stuff that I like to see. Thank you. We're here. We're here. Yeah, this uh, this this uh, this texture also uh, sent in uh, one of the good uh, meme-worthy photos of uh, Ed Orgeron. So, yeah, I'm I'm digging this uh, I'm digging this seven one three texture. They they get what they get it. You know they get it. Nothing will ever top last year's game. Yeah, I mean, I, I would tend to agree with – I mean, it's going to be really, really, really hard to top uh, what happened last season. Now, I, I guess we did say that in the 2020 game. I don't know what can top that. And then next year – I mean, last year wasn't even really that close, but I don't know, man. That that one just – that one's going to stand out for quite some time. But if you win this game with a backup quarterback as a touchdown underdog, it could rank as, you know – one of the top-tier OU Texas games that any of us have ever seen. I don't know. That that situation's there. I, I am curious, and maybe I'm looking too deep into this, Travis, but the spread is still at Texas minus 7. And it's been at that number for, I feel, about 48 hours now. Now, it like minus 7, I think a lot of people are just say, sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to hammer that. That's the easiest bet of all time. Are you kidding me? Like, that's so easy. I'm going to put a grand on Texas covering seven. Of course they're going to win that game by seven. Like, do you find it interesting that so many people think Texas is going to win and Texas is going to win by double digits, yet the Vegas line really isn't moving at all from that touchdown line? I, I, think, that's, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think, I think Vegas may be considering the entire body of work so far, and and you've seen Oklahoma play much better than they have lately. So the question is, can Oklahoma play like they were playing early in the year? And you can talk about opponents, fine. Kent State marched up and down the field against Georgia. We held them to three points. You know, Nebraska is tied for their division lead, for God's sakes. Um, and there's there's no denying, if you watched the games, that we looked better earlier in the year, just you know, regardless of, of competition. Um, but no, I think I think seven's a fine number. I Texas could could get the blowout, of course. You know, we just saw TCU do it. Um, but you know, just some mental uh, some mental improvements here and there, not being out of position and running the ball effectively. Who knows what could happen? I think Vegas knows this game uh, pretty well. Um, I will say um, we've gotten multiple texts in the last minute and a half. Uh, asking what the Texas number was again oh, yeah. for what was that Horn. number? What was that Texas number again? That number is oh god five one two three three seven because three seven seven uh, six. I'll say it again. Yeah, five one two three three seven three seven seven six. Of course, you know, have your fun, but come back to. You know the real text line. Yeah, the don't abandon us for the horn and out, there and, and hang out with us. You Jeez. know, so hang out with us. But you know what, Tyler, we got to give the people what they want, man. You know, we're 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 the people's station over here, uh, the home of Sooner fans. And if the, if 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 they ask, you know, we got to provide it. So no, hey, I uh, I do not discriminate about any opportunity to uh, be petty. I mean, let's just have a conversation about A and M, and let's see how quickly it turns petty. I, it won't take very long, I assure you. So I have no issue with being petty here. I, I do know some people that, that host down there at the Horn. 
But I just want people to get into the mood of OU Texas week because Monday was so doom and gloom. Yesterday was so doom and gloom. Like, whatever it takes, man. Like, if I have to be petty, which I don't really ever have an issue being – if that's what we have to do to get everyone jacked up about this week, by God, we'll do something like that. That is fine with me. I just want everyone to actually start looking forward to taking the drive down south this this weekend. It's the best weekend of the year, especially if you win the thing. And as I say all the time, Travis, if you win the game on Saturday night, it is the best meal of the entire year. Thanksgiving is awesome. Christmas awesome. Heck, your birthday dinner might be awesome. But for my money, if you win uh, OU Texas, that Saturday night victory dinner celebration is the best meal of the entire year. I mean, I normally go steak in that scenario. You go with whatever you want, but I don't have a better meal all year long than that one. It's I feel best. like you've got to have steak, right? As a representative of Bevo, like you've got to have, you've got to eat their mascot as a kind of a final, you know, you know, just that that I don't know that primal, you know, destruction and consumption of their mascot, right? You got to have a steak. You can't just roll in with some chicken fingers. No, and not a cheap steak either. You know, no, 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 no sirloin here. Let's, uh, you know, let's let's maybe go with the T-bone or you know, whatever uh, cut you prefer steak-wise. But yeah, dude, that's I, I, a. I like a little fat on mine. You got to get the flavor. Let's let's rib let's a ribeye. Yeah, let's I'm a big ribeye rib guy too. Yeah, I like ribeyes. But that's always been uh, everyone's got their own OU Texas tradition. Steak OU Texas weekend has always been mine since. Going to this thing for the first time since 2003. Yeah. I got to say, steak uh, that weekend is a pretty good tradition, I must say. Absolutely. And and the state of Texas isn't isn't short on beef anywhere. There's no doubt about that. You know you're going to be able to find one. Yeah. Well, uh, this game is is rapidly approaching, man, and is – kind of we talked about early in the show, the reaction from the fan base and how – the second half of the schedule is perceived is going to swing dramatically depending on the outcome of the game. If you win on Saturday, Travis, and what would your record be after that? Four and two? I mean, you're, you're effectively halfway through the season. You're four and two. You probably say, hey, okay, well, you beat Texas. I feel like we can beat Kansas now. That's five and two. You know, you can beat Iowa State. That's six and two, and then man, you're you're really in a good spot. West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, you start becoming a whole lot more optimistic if you win on Saturday and looking at the rest of the schedule the rest of the way. But if you lose and you're four and three, three and nine. or uh, three, and, three, three and nine. Yeah, yeah, three and three. It's like, oh god, we're going three and nine. We're not going to beat Kansas or anybody left on the schedule. Yeah, it's 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 a big time swing, man. Especially like I said, the. Uh, what what it means for the momentum of the programs and what it does for specifically Texas recruiting targets, knowing that they have multiple official visits to take, um, whereas OU seems to be a little more hemmed up uh, with their with their targets and their commits. Yeah. So hey, it's uh, the the outlook of the rest of the year as always. Like that's not. I mean, it is the case this year, but I kind of feel like that's always the case. Like, you have a totally different perspective of the rest of the year coming out of Dallas, whether you win or lose. You win this game, no matter how bad Texas is, normally the thought is, this this team's going to the college football playoff, dude. Look at the rest of the schedule. And if you lose, you're all of a sudden trying to figure out if you can even make it back to the conference championship game. So, this, this uh, this is going to swing the range of emotions 
one way or the other. And if you're, your back's against the wall going into this game and you figure out a way to win, yeah, this will be a... Um, this will be kind of a jolt to jolt to the arm that this I think this this fan base needs right now, man, for sure. Yeah, desperately. Um, how quickly do all those numbers get blocked? Asked Shark. Probably only, already. Only because one way to find out. <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian dips his nuggets in ketchup. That feels like a college game day sign. Too bad they're not there this week. Yeah, I mean, hey, they came to the Big Twelve. Just, just they're just. I'll tell you what. It is wild that not only, yeah, OU, you know, rebuilding, Texas already got the two losses, but Alabama and A&M, nobody has mentioned a word about it, I feel. I mean, especially with Jimbo and, and, and St. Nick getting in that big fight, you know, publicly about Jimbo buying a class and then Jimbo going on the rant about Nick of, oh, do some digging. Everybody thinks he's God, you know. Uh, everybody thinks he's God. You need to do some digging, you know, like – that kind of stuff, I mean, that was setting up as high of off-season drama as we've seen recently, at least in the NIL era. And that game's taking place this weekend, and ain't nobody talking about it. Yeah, well, that's best-case scenario for A&M, right? And, and we're all going to laugh at A&M Saturday night when they're down 49 in the fourth quarter, but I almost feel like it'd be worse if this was built up to be some massive game. All right, let's see A&M here. Here's a big spot for A&M to prove us all wrong. Let's see if they can figure out a way to beat Bam on the road, only to get curb stomped like they're going to. Like Maybe it's best case for A&M that this game is under the radar and no one thinks that they're going to win. I don't know. Probably doesn't matter. They're, they're going to get killed either way. I hope so. Uh, What's funny is that's why I talked about liking 11 a.m. road kicks because, like, you want night home games, not only for the atmosphere, but also for recruiting, because as your top targets play on Friday night, um, not all of them are located in the OKC Metro, so they've got to travel. When you recruit nationally, like Oklahoma does, and you want visitors from the Houston area, from the Dallas area, from uh, Florida, from California, from Washington, from PA, anywhere, when you want kids to be at the Switzer Center by 9 a.m., it's tough to do if they don't get home until 11 p.m., you know, in another state. So, but away games, Tyler, I don't know. I like the 11 a.m. I like the rooster kicks because you get done with your game early so you know how much trash you can talk the rest of the day. Because I'll tell you what, if I would have watched A&M get pushed around by Mississippi State and we had a night game, I probably would have taken a couple shots at A&M. You know? Yeah, sure. And then those would have been instantly old takes exposed uh, because OU got blown out. So, I don't know. I don't mind the I don't mind the rooster kicks on the road, man. From the 405, and I'm so glad that this text is from the 405 and not the 918, can each of our players pack a prison shank? <laughs> it's a great question. You still got to wrap up, I'm sure, if you're uh, packing a prison shank, but I think that's a good place to start <laughs> for best-case scenarios on Saturday. Yeah. That'll help you play better defense. Uh, the 918, uh, a little bit more of a uh, political uh, response here. Why is no one considering the fact that Texas could come out tight and make a few early mistakes like we did last year? As bad as Texas has been protecting a lead, I doubt they respond any better if they fall behind big early. Call me crazy, but I think it's a possibility. That's what I've been saying all week. Like, I'm not super high on this OU team right now, but that's not necessarily the reason why I think this game can be close. I just realized who they're playing on Saturday, Travis. 
They're playing a team that never handles expectations well, and they haven't had these types of expectations to win the OU Texas game since at least 2009, and maybe even have to go back to 05 for this type of scenario with them. Yeah, it's it it it's almost setting up like that, right? It's it's it is a layup. They need to win this game in order for I mean, this is you mentioned it earlier. It's Sark's future. I mean, can you say I mean, people say all oh, the Alabama game was a big Well, yeah, they lost that game. Like you don't want the most impressive thing on your resume to be losing a game to a better team. Like, that's, that shouldn't be what says, oh, hey, give me a big Jimbo contract. You know what I mean? But, yeah, he needs this. He can't go down 0-2 against their biggest rival, especially with us having uh, a brand-new head coach, you know, first-time quarterback, you know, first-time a, a lot. There's a whole lot of new on our roster. So, yeah, Sark's got to have it. And, and like you said, they are not known for handling pressure well. You look at last year. I mean, they they reel off six straight losses for the first time since you know the 60s i think or something like that for the first time in a really long time and um it was just because they couldn't handle the pressure yep and i i don't think that this team is uh any different this texas team is any different i think if they uh they're put in a situation where they don't get off to a fast start and the pressure starts to creep that's the thing about this game on saturday the longer that OU's in the game, the more the pressure starts to factor in. The more the pressure really creeps over the Texas sideline. And, oh, buddy, if it's the fourth quarter and it's a tight game and OU's got a chance to win, I'm just telling you, the pucker factor could be the difference in this game on, on Saturday. Um, I, I think it's absolutely a factor in this game if it's, if it's close late. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Coming up next, what's the latest on the Dylan Gabriel injury status? Who do we think will start at quarterback on Saturday for OU? We'll tell you about that and more coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Rush. It's live on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Football is here, and your home for the best Sooner coverage statewide is The Ref. From the... Did you just hear the front end of that audio clip by chance? Uh, I mean, which which part of it? The part where I'm pretty sure he said Brett instead of Brent. Oh, yeah. You hear that? That's been a weird thing with, like, even Texas fans on Twitter have been calling him Brett Baxton. I'm like, huh. with one T. Is that supposed to be a troll, or are they just, just dumb? Uh, I, well, I mean. Well, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> if you gotcha, ask, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> there was no accidental slip. Like no. it, it, I, he he's gonna roll to the fifty yard line on Saturday and be like, "What's going on, Brett?" I, it, it, he thinks it's Brett Venables. I'm pretty sure. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow! <laughs> Come on, Sark. Jeez. Jeez, can't even get the guy's oh name right. And what's crazy is like he had already said he like he had already addressed. He, like everybody knew who he was talking about, he added the Brett part as if to clarify, but probably just confused, like, wait a minute, now who? Now who's Brett? Do you mean Brent? Because we already knew who you were talking about when you said he. Oh, man, what a loon. 
You're right, Sark. Brett has always been a guy that's tried to get his yeah. players in the best position possible. Brett yeah, has always done. Brett did that at Kansas State. Brett really did that at Oklahoma. Uh, Brett did that at Clemson, and Brett's trying to do that again here at OU. We'll, we'll see if it happens or not. Yeah, that's uh, Sark isn't very good at putting the letters in the right positions when it comes to people's names, I guess. God, I just, just noticed. I didn't like notice that until I played it for the first time. Like, wait, 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 wait. what? I've what? been seeing it on Twitter. B R E T, and I'm like, <sighs> okay, okay, it's interesting. I mean, it's even if it's supposed to be a troll, like, it's not a good one. Drew England says it's like people pronouncing Clemson with a Z. Oh, I've probably been guilty of that in the past. Clemson, yeah, yeah, but at least you have phonetically like you're close. Like Brett, like you're 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 getting rid of a whole. It's a really bad miss. It's a really bad miss by Sark. Real Sor. bad. Yeah, you, Real you, bad. you can't lose to a guy that's mispronouncing the first name of your head coach. And, and hey, we're not talking about, um, you know, a, a Johnny come lately here. <laughs> you know, like we're not talking about Tom Herman, who no one really knew about him until he was at, o- at Ohio State. Like, Brent has been around since the early 90s, basically, as a coach. You know what I mean? Like He's been known for a while, a long while, as the best defensive coordinator in college football. He's won multiple national championship games. To not know the first name is, uh, I don't know, Sark. That's, I, don't, I don't know what to think about this one other than to make fun of you for it. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? I, ho- I hope that if Oklahoma gets this win... Um, that somebody brings it up in the presser afterwards with Brent. Like, so, Brett, like, uh, you know, it's something like that. Or where where Brett can say, or Brent can say, man, now he's got me doing it. Um, where where Brent can say, yeah, well, uh, looks like Sark was preparing for Brett Venables. Um, maybe he should have spent more time preparing for Brent Venables. He was probably thinking Brett Romar. Give him a break, guys. Come on. That's on the text line. <laughs> very nice. I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. That's very good. All right. Uh, the latest on Dylan Gabriel. You guys have heard the last that we've heard on Dylan Gabriel. And what I mean by that is the uh, secret video that was filmed at Monday's practice where Dylan Gabriel's throwing the ball on the sideline with no pads on. It's uh, you. My guess is that you're not going to hear anything other than rumors about Dylan Gabriel until Saturday. I'm sure that he's going to warm up, and then we're not going to find out until the very first series of the game if he's playing or not. My feel as of Wednesday, Travis, is that he's not going to play, and that Davis Bevel is going to be your starter on Saturday. Where Where yeah. are you at with the OU quarterback situation? Yeah, let's Let's be clear. You know, we we try and get you, uh, you know, the best information possible, um, even if it's not readily available. But it, it, I hope that we do not have this information until Saturday morning. Like, I hope we learn about Dylan's status Saturday morning whenever he lines up in the backfield or doesn't line up in the backfield. There is no advantage that you have to announcing on Wednesday that Dylan's practicing or announcing – on Thursday that Dylan's in pads or anything like that. Like, there's no advantage. So, he, I won't lie, Tyler. Even if even if if somebody, you know, texted me or whatever and said, oh, man, I knew this. Like, I'm not sure I would say it on air simply because I don't know if I want it on the airwaves. You know what I mean? Like, sure. very rarely do you have an opportunity, if you're Oklahoma, or really if you're any team, to go into a big game 
and have them not know who your quarterback's going to be. That is a that is a strategic advantage, and they can, they they are having to plan for multiple quarterbacks right now. Simple as that. So if you tell them, oh hey, Dylan's healthy, we're good to go. He's going to be back in. They can say, oh okay, cool. Well, uh, let's uh, let's start just preparing for what we've seen from him. Like it is, it would make no sense for anybody to have updates on on Dylan Gabriel from a competitive standpoint. I'll say that. Well, if you believe that there is an edge to be had by OU because of the unknown at the position, and I would tend to agree with that, then with that being said, I hope that Texas is trying to get information by one looking on OU social media and two, hacking into our text line because they will prepare for a backup quarterback or, excuse me, a backup linebacker playing quarterback uh, 50% of the week. That's what they're going to prep. If they're listening to OU fans on uh, what's going to happen Saturday at quarterback, Travis, they're going to find one of their backup linebackers to run the Wildcat 50 times on Saturday. Yeah, we need to start start spreading some things. I mean, I've got it. I've got it on, you know, pretty solid sourcing that Braden Willis will be uh, actually QB one. Oh, okay. Weight room Willie. He he yep. does ha- he does have a touchdown pass. Oh my yep. gosh, does he have more pa- ha- does he have more passing yards than Davis Bevel does this year? He did uh, going into TCU right? game. He did going into the TCU game. Surely Bevel had no, more than twenty four yards, he, right? He completed I think six passes. Okay. okay. Six or seven passes. So yeah, but it's it, I'll put it this way: it's it's closer. It's it's not good that we're quite having the question, but but yeah, you know what? Can't wait to see Braden Willis um, line up. Uh, I, I hear he likes it more under center. Um, that's what I've been hearing, you know, from practices and whatnot. So can't wait for them to trottle weight room Willie out there and the packages that they have planned for him. Uh, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. Bevel was seven to sixteen for fifty yards. So whoo. I think he's going to be your backup quarterback. At least uh, he's got the second-best numbers for a quarterback so far this year. But, hey, um, weight room Willie, his his completion percentage is much higher than Davis Bevel at this point. The uh, under-50% completion percentage did not help all that much. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, you you look at the one-for-one. It's tough to beat his passer rating as far as Braden Willis goes, which is why I'm so excited that he's going to be starting uh, in the Cotton Bowl this weekend, Tyler. Yeah, I, I uh, exactly. I, I wonder how short the leash, if I'm right, is going to be on Davis Bevel. Now, I, I know how the fans are going to react. The first, if they go out and it's a three and out, Travis, and they got to punt it away, and Davis Bevel is 0 for 2 for zero yards on the oh, first yeah. drive. The oh, they're going to lose their mind on Saturday and start General Booty or... You know, at least last year, all the chants were pretty clear. Everyone was on the same page. It was a chance for Caleb Williams. The chance Saturday could be a mixture of General Booty, could be a mixture of Jaron Canick, could be a mixture of Braden Willis. Hell, it could be a mixture for Nick Evers. So it's going to be hard to decipher what the fans really want since seemingly everyone wants a different quarterback in there. Yeah, it's... It's funny. It's I, I do think you're, you're right. I think over two on the first drive, they're going to be losing their minds. They're going to be, man, I knew we should have played this, that, and the other. But then, what if the next quarter? What if they finally get their wish and General Booty comes in or whatever, and he throws a pick? You're like, uh, all right, on to the next one. Just let's keep throwing go. them out there. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like all right. assembly line for quarterbacks. Just right. throw it's it like out you're there and see if something happens. You know? Yes. All right, just did. Yep, deal them up. 
Yeah, God, hopefully that, that situation doesn't happen, man. But I, how, and, and text line, as always, interact with this. Like, how much does your opinion on this game change if uh, we're surprised and Dylan Gabriel actually starts this game? Does it change significantly? Not all that much? Like, where, where are you at if, uh, if Gabriel's QB1 on Saturday? Oof. I, I mean, I, are, we're all in agreement that Dylan Gabriel's far and away our best option. I, I mean, I would hope like, so. Like, I, I, I don't, like, clearly, I recognizing the deficiencies that he has as a quarterback, oh, but he's, he's that doesn't change. He's your best option at the position. Yeah. Um, man, I again, like, kind of talked about earlier with the uh, um, with the rearranging the uh, deck chairs on the Titanic. I, I question how much it's, it, it's going to matter if the defense plays like they did. I know that's kind of a cop out, but I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure it matters as much as maybe we're making it out right now. And I know it's obvious. The obvious uh, point of the conversation because uh, QB is the most important position on the field. Um, but I, I would say if you have to go with like a Davis Bevel or something like that, you have to get super tricky. Yeah, like you have to be running reverses and. You know, Braden Willis has to throw a pass or two. Um, you have, you know, maybe you maybe you fake a punt. Maybe you let Turks, you know, rumble, bumble, stumbling down the uh, field. Because I promise you, there are a lot of DBs that don't want to tackle Michael Turk. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some of these texts coming up next. And I, I do agree. Like, I've been saying it all week long. Like, the defense is going to have to win this game for you. But at the same time, like, I, I think this defense can be helped out quite a bit, obviously by an offense that is, you know, running the ball, controlling the clock a little bit. Like, you, you can think whatever you want about the likelihood of the defense winning this game. I don't think that they're all that great either. But clearly, if the offense is helping out the defense quite a bit, the chances go way up of that scenario happening. Like, the odds are really low if you throw out Davis Bevel or Nick Evers or whoever, and they're not moving the ball, and it's just three and out after three and out. I, I don't like that. Like, the defense cannot win you a game if that situation exists. The offense is going to have to help you out uh, pretty dramatically. But we'll do this. We'll take a timeout. Uh, we'll get to more of your text on the other side. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 651 3439. It's the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, 6 p.m. as we get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, love the show, but I always get really nervous when I read these texts, Travis. Love the show, but my confidence level is as such. I gave away my four tickets for Saturday, bought a plane ticket to Wyoming, going elk hunting in the mountains where I can't even listen on the app. Good luck, OU, but I'm out on this weekend. Dang, you're not even going to listen to the game or watch the game? Oh, come on. Yeah, I mean it's. Hey, everybody's handling. Uh, Going to Wyoming sounds awesome, though. I say that everybody's handling things differently. Yeah, I hit him back. I said, "Hope you return to good news. Let me know if you need some help to help eating uh, some elk." Because I, whew, I'm with Joe Rogan on this one. I like me some elk meat. Maybe we can sneak Kennedy Brooks into the game and just direct snap all the way down the field. Yes, that play uh, was ran three times last year. One of them went for a uh, first down. The other two went for a touchdown. And Sark I always like to know people's names. So you, do you yeah. really have to try that hard to sneak them? True. You can throw twenty six back out there, and he won't even. Uh, he probably won't even know. 
I bet Sark is going to be a success at Texas if they are patient enough. I feel the same way about Brent. Fans, boosters, people that really don't know that much about football have way too much influence. If your expectations for OU or Big 12 champs are bust, then you aren't respecting any other teams in this conference. I, I Look, I think the expectation should always be, with the level that they've recruited at, that yeah, you're uh, always going to have better talent than most yeah, everybody you play Yeah, against, and so. I see the point. And, and the conference is better than I think any of us would have thought this year, yeah. but the expectation should be at least competing for a spot in the conference championship game. And right now you're 0-2 in the league. I mean, the Big 12 is, has been a league for, what, 28 years now? We've won 14 of the Big 12. I mean, we've won half of them. So, for – you know, for for people to you know expect kind of the the Big Twelve championship, it's just because they've been conditioned to. You know, um, I, I don't think it's a, a big you know lack of respect for other teams. I think it's just people being confident with the talent that we have, hiring a good coaching staff, everything like that. I will say, with the I think the the first you know how they opened the text message about Sark being you know good for Texas, maybe. But the the if people let him you know, do his job. I don't know. We've, we've seen it, right? We've seen it with most notably Mike Stoops, you know, that who he had hired to be linebackers coach and a booster came in and said, "Eh, eh, and Nope, you are not hiring Mike Stoops. Despite Sark having worked with Mike Stoops at Alabama and Chris Del Conte, the AD having worked with Mike Stoops in the past before as well. So you've got your AD and your head coach that, want to hire a guy, but some booster comes in and says, nope, you can't hire this guy because I said so, because I don't like Mike Stoops. Well, when you have situations like that, that's where I say, like, if Sark had complete reign, yeah, he, he probably would do well at Texas. I just, we've already seen that he doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be a long-term answer at Texas. I think he'll probably get fired in the next three years. Now, I, I do believe that he has some job security with the – Arch Manning commitment, but if they don't win early with Arch, and I don't think that they're going to, be it in the Big 12 or the SEC, uh, I, I, I think he's out. I think he's out within three years, if not sooner than that. Uh, if DG starts, I would be ecstatic, says the text line. I think we're going to run the ball really well against Texas, and I'm predicting a 21-17 victory over the Shorthorns. That's a 405 Schmitty. Sean says, my confidence is high. While in Choctaw, I watched a raccoon chased by five kids get caught and put in its cage. I take that as a good sign. Yeah, that's always a good sign. If there is a town in Oklahoma where five kids are going to chase a raccoon and and catch it and put it in a cage, I feel like Choctaw would be very high on the list. (laughs) Yeah, they all watch Jordan Mukes play, and they're like, all right, we can get this done. Uh, May as well start speculating now. Is Jackson Arnold uh, QB1 next year? That's way too early. Like, do I feel... Better that he's going to be more involved in that discussion next year? Yes, absolutely. But if Dylan Gabriel plays really well to end the year, he's probably your quarterback going into 23. But I I don't know, Travis. I think right now everything is on the table. I think Gabriel being your starter next year is on the table. I think Jackson Arnold being your starter next year is on the table. Heck, I think a transfer portal quarterback at this point could be on the table. I think and General Booty and Nick Evers. I mean, it's... It's really if if they are one thing that they weren't um, 
I don't know, open to in the offseason was a quarterback competition, right? I mean, it was very much, hey, Jackson Dart, if you want to come here, you'll be QB2. Hey, Casey Thompson, if you want to come here, you'll be QB2. Hey, you know, Bo Hannon, you want to come here, you'll be QB2. Like, we, we were having these guys in and out, and it was obvious it was going to be QB2. I think at a minimum next year, you say, okay, let's, let's just see what we have. Like, let's let them all play throughout the offseason and, and have a quarterback battle. If, if Jackson wins it, then so be it, you know. If, if Booty or Evers or, or DG or whoever wins it, so be it. Yeah, and I don't think, again, like I mentioned the transfer portal. Like If there's a better option out there or they think an option that could be better and the season, which, by the way, means that this season has gone pretty poorly, Like mm-hmm. I think they'll be aggressive with that because, you know, I'm not saying that fans will necessarily put up with a five and seven or six and six year, but they're definitely not going to put up with year two where you're not great at the quarterback position again and you struggle. And these guys know that. I mean, Brent can get away with it. I mean, a little bit in year one, he can't get away with it back to back years. There's going to be some real urgency to be a lot better at that position next year. And I think that they'll explore every avenue to figure out a way to be better at the quarterback position, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One final segment coming up next. Uh, one final chance for you to get your text in today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Final segment's next.